0: Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for all business with Jeffrey Hazlett.
1: Whether you call it cornhole, bags, or something else, the backyard game has hit the big time. The sport has professional players, sponsors, and big-time TV contracts with ESPN and CBS. At the peak of the pandemic, it was the only live sports game in town, growing its fan base and business. It's been a year since we had Stacey Moore, the commissioner and founder of the American Cornhole League, as a guest. So we decided to have him come back and talk about the ACL success. Or we should say, as I learned in this show, a four-bagger, not a home run, a four-bagger. Hey, Stacy, welcome back to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett.
2: Thanks, Jeffrey. It's good to see you
1: again. Yeah, it's good to see you. Last time we spoke, you were getting ready for a big tournament in Philadelphia, Valley Forge. What's Mm -hmm.
2: changed in the last year for you, man? Yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah, we're in Valley Forge, our July 4th event, which is uh you know one of our biggest events a year following the Nathan's Hot Dog Festival on ESPN. Always a great time slot for us. And the prelude to what's going on this week, the ACL World Championships, six days of cornhole. We start at 9 a.m. We finish around 10 p.m. or midnight every day. Uh we're right in the middle of it right now, looking for three big airings on ESPN here later in the week. And the biggest news since we last talked is we added CBS. This is our first year on CBS Network. We developed a series called the ACL Pro Shootout, which was eight qualifying events. And then we have our championships coming up on September 18th down in uh, Gainesville, Florida. I love watching these guys. These guys
1: are better than Simone Biles. I mean, and she's perfect. You're going to have to change the rules for some of these guys.
2: Let me ask you a question. Uh, And I don't know if I asked this before. Why is it called Cornhole? I'm not exactly sure why. Originally, when I was starting out, I said, I, we either need to call this bags or we need to come up with a different name for it if we're going to get people to take this sport seriously. I mean, uh, we but, all snicker
1: <clears throat> when we say it. Yeah. Frankly. Everybody snickers. And of course, there's got to be all kinds like, hey, you know, let's put it in a hole. I mean, there's got to be all kinds of just different
2: innuendos yeah. that people throw out. But yeah, but yeah definitely. Yeah. So, like, you know, I came to grips with the fact that hey, you know what? The core players are not going to let me get away from from the name Cornhole. They did not want me to change the name whatsoever. And so I just decided, hey, we've got to embrace it. We've got to enjoy the innuendos and everything that comes along with it. We just need to be able to showcase that these guys have actual legitimate skill out there on the boards and people think that it's easy to do until they try to go up against one of these guys. Exactly. And and these guys or gals, they're just pros. I mean, I've watched
1: them every time in the hole, in the hole, in the hole, in the hole. I mean, it almost, you got to think it's boring for them, but they're just that good. They are that good.
2: Yeah, they're getting really good at uh, some new strategies. And actually, just over the last year or two, this this new shot has developed called the roll shot that some of our pro players have, have come up with. And so it's, you know, just when I think I've seen every shot in cornhole, our pros seem to be inventing some kind of new shot to do. So one of the current ones out there that people are doing is called a bar of soap where uh, the bag's right in front of the hole and the pro will push that bag that's in their way, not in the hole, but over the hole and make their bag. And they're calling that a bar of soap. That's like a new shot, a new term that's come up just within the last three months.
1: Do you have people like sitting in a room with one of these bags and with the cornhole board and
2: they're going like, okay, now let's try this. Let's try this. That's what, okay. yeah, I think they're just, I think they're trying new shots all the time. Let's
1: That's talk great. about that. Cause I think one of the smart things that you really did, and of course you do, you do a lot of smart things. I know you're having a blast because last time we talked, you're having a blast. I mean, this is, I mean, come on, you <laughs> you're, you got a business based on cornhole. This is like a freaking dream come true. Right. I mean, you know, and, and then you get to, you know, hang out with the Nathan's hot dog people and this and that I, I got. I got to imagine most of your day is just sipping beer
2: and watching people play. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a lot of hard work. It's it been is. a lot of hard work. Uh, hadn't been all fun, but yeah, but it is nice to to be able to have a beer with with the players and, and the spectators and and the fans out there and just hang out and just enjoy well, it.
1: Well, I said this, I started to ask you this question. I think one of the smart things that you really did was you just accepted the behavior of the fans, which is, Hey, we're going to call it cornhole yeah. and, and going with that. How much of that do you think about in the planning out of the, of the work that
2: you do and how you do it? Yeah, so I think that everyone can relate to, to cornhole as a tailgating game. And so having that relatability, I think, is a positive for us. Then I think our big challenge, like I said, was to overcome, to get people to take it seriously as a legitimate professional sport. We had to be able to showcase it in a way where people were like, oh, okay, I get it now. These guys are really good. They're practicing two hours a day to perfect their skill, just like any other athlete does when they're at the top of their game in their respective sport. The other cool thing that I think we've done very well is pair our ACL pros up with other celebrities. Athletes from other sports, for example, when we do Super Bowl and we have like Doug Flutie this yeah. past year play in the in the super hole he took it super competitive and he had matt guy come down to his house to practice prior to super Bowl yeah because he wanted to win so badly
1: well that's an uh, athlete that's that's cool i think yeah. and by the way that's a really cool way of adding some real flair to the game or, or some fluidity to the game as you yeah some, yeah. <laughs> yeah some fluidity to the game are you thinking about getting into other things such i mean like the kids league or junior leagues uh things like that
2: yeah, so we have our. Uh, we've been doing our ACL College National Championships for a few years now. This uh, New Year's, we're going to have our first ever ACL High School National Championships. So, yeah, we're certainly trying to get uh, Cornhole more organized at a at a younger, younger and younger level. So, and we see fan- a lot of a lot, a lot of these players are really good. Our youngest ACL Pro is is ten years old. Wow, that's <laughs> fantastic. Well,
1: let's take a quick break and we'll come right back after this message
0: c-suite radio
1: hey everybody we are back and we are live and i'm bringing you all business with jeffrey is right here on c-suite network we're talking about the american cornhole league and as my guest today i've got the, the the man himself i haven't talked to him for over a year and he's back so i'm talking with stacy who runs it all and you mentioned a little bit earlier that things aren't always as easy as they seem right what mm-hmm. are some of the difficulties that you had to face this year
2: sponsorships is always a big one because we always want more sponsor dollars so so that we can increase the prize pool for these pros. Getting that sponsor money is one of the hardest things to do out there. Uh, so we're still trying to get better and better at that. And just putting on these events. I mean, what goes into putting on a live linear telecast, something I never understood until I really actually got into it and how many actual people we need. And so at these national events we do, we have a staff of 50 plus people that are helping us run the broadcast and 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 run events. And so dotting those I's and crossing those T's and being extremely detail oriented, which is not my strong suit. So I've had to, you know, surround myself with, with people that are more organized and smarter than me in some ways to pull these events off and make it look seamless. Stacy, when a lot of entrepreneurs start
1: off with something, they start off as a one-man band, which I assume that you kind of yeah. started off with with this, and then they add these devout followers, which is that next step is, hey, you know how to balance a checking account. Uh, you're my head of finance, right? Yes. So we do a little bit of that, and then then they move to this level of skilled practitioners, professionals, and I'm hearing you kind of make that transition is because when you start to do these broadcasts and everything else you got to include and there, talking in languages that you don't normally understand, right? Right,
2: yeah. Where do you feel you are at in that transition? Yeah, so we're, we're we're right at that point where I finally have set up, where I have five direct reports to me now, and now they already have people reporting to them. So we have just started within the past six months creating that hierarchy that we need to, to take that next step and, and evolve out of a pure bootstrap entrepreneurial startup situation where my hands are touching everything to where I can't, I couldn't do it all anymore. Right. And so I had to uh, find the right people that I could trust, you know, the different areas, like you said, the, the finance side, the tournament operation side, I mean, having the early adopters from the guys who could run cornhole tournaments really well was important and um, making a partnership so that we developed our own software to capture our own scores and stats having those people was important. And originally that was, that was a part-time person. And now we've got, you know, an IT staff of four people that are full-time just cranking out code and and improving our software and our fan experience. So yeah, so we're, we've been rapidly growing and hiring people here through the, through the pandemic. So as a commissioner, what's been the hardest thing for you? The hardest thing is probably really trying to force myself to, to take a break. I was like, Let's see. When was the actual legitimate vacation that I had? I think it was like over two years ago or something. Now, <laughs> yeah. What's uh, a vacation, right? Yeah. What's I mean... a vacation? So, and, and um, yeah, the pandemic was. It was just. It's just been a crazy time for us. Um, you know, we've been fortunate to be on the good side of everything, where we were able to be the first live sport back on television, and so we've just been pushing, 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 and then adding CBS this year and adding. That added nine more original programming events to our calendar. And managing the logistics of all that has, has been pretty crazy here over the last six months. So after the World Championships, I'm hoping hoping to take a week or two off and, and have a legitimate vacation. Are you going to play cornhole? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably going to sit by a pool somewhere. Yeah, with a drink in my hand and uh, just
1: relax. (laughs) And well-deserved, well-deserved. So and we mentioned last year the ACL was the only live sport on ESPN. What kind of growth did you see from that?
2: Yeah, we saw a tremendous amount of growth because we were able to be on for four hours live and we're able to do more back-to-back weeks. So the year before, our schedule was always like every – they would show us a lot, but our original live programming was every other month. And so I think going – Seven weeks in a row last year on ESPN really got a lot of casual fans engaged with our sport, starting to know our players and start to follow our players, which is really what we needed to, to develop that casual fan base that, that then all the sponsors want to see those eyeballs of those casual fans. That's, what, that's what's going to drive our sponsorship value. So it was just a really, really great opportunity for us last year. So, with all this growth you've got, how are you
1: preparing yourself for some long-term success? Are you bringing in some consultants? Are you bringing
2: in a few people? Uh, bringing you- in, yes, <laughs> bringing in uh, bringing consultants, uh, doing deals. We've we've been having uh, a lot of great talks with the with just a lot of great people in the sports industry uh, and building those partnerships to to take us to the next level, international growth for us, the international development of our sport. And making cornhole an Olympic sport are, are our top priorities, and so hopefully this pandemic will start to get under control, and we can start doing some international events that we've been wanting to do here for the past eighteen months or so uh, that have been put on hold. So yeah, really surrounding myself with with smart people that that can help help take this to the next level, drive our next round of uh, television negotiations and all that stuff. All that stuff's coming up here within the next year, year and a half. Obviously, we want to expand. The only network we're not on right now is Fox. So we're going to have to go get a Fox deal somewhere. <laughs>
1: hey, that's great. Good for you. <laughs> you know, I look back at your your history. You were an angel investor. You worked as a portfolio manager. Mm-hmm. Were you just tired of dealing with stuffy <laughs> bankers or what? And then, uh, I mean, because it does take a different person, first of all, as an entrepreneur, say, hey, I, I see something. I can go do it. Yeah. but there's usually a tie to a passion of it. Were you passionate about the game, or or did you or did you see it more as a business
2: opportunity? Really, I mean, really, I was passionate about tailgating. So when yeah. you know when, when I left the bank and and I was uh, investing in some startup companies, I just saw the money that was being spent tailgating, and so I created a brand called Inside Tailgating, which is really a content brand, and we were going around in an, in an RV, basically tailgating, and that's when I saw people playing cornhole as a competitive tailgating game beyond any of the other games. And so I watched it for about two years and it just, I said, huh, I think this can be a legitimate sport and I'm passionate about sports. I'm a huge sports fan. I think that that entrepreneurial background and that drive plus the combination of my love for sport and then being able to create something out of nothing. And of course, all my friends and family, are telling me there's no way you can do that. Like this thing will never be a sport, right? was like, there's no way you can do it. And so, you know, once people tell me no, that gives me that little extra, that little extra bit to try to yeah. get over the hump. And I say, Yeah, we're gonna, we're just gonna, we're gonna take a shot at it.
1: Yeah, I hope you got those people on a special Christmas <laughs> list, right? Sending them <laughs> pictures of you next to the next to the trophies and everything else, and, and hopefully next to the checks of the big contracts, which is really yeah. great. Well, you know, I think it's kind of unique because I think cornhole is a little bit different than any other sport. It, to me, it's the most closest to horseshoe horseshoes, which right, which know. we know in the 30s, 40s and 50s was huge. I can my own mother, you know, played up until her 70s and 80s and she was mm-hmm. a killer. And then cornhole would have been her game. There's no doubt because anybody can throw. corn. You know, I'm not saying it's not. It's not a tough sport cuz these guys that do it, the guys and gals that do it at a professional level, I mean, they're 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 over the top. Right. right? But but anybody can play it. You can play in your backyard. You can play a tailgate. It's not like and it's not dangerous like lawn
2: darts, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Or I mean horseshoes can be dangerous too in some ways, but Holy. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But it's uh yeah, actually some of our top players have a background in horseshoes, some of them have a background in bowling. Those translate well. Softball obviously translates uh well to our sport. But yeah, I think, I think not only the fact that anyone can play, anyone can win, which is our tagline, right? It's the, it's the kind of sport where you can become competitive just by focusing a little bit, learning some of the tricks and techniques on how to throw a bag. You can get that bag to stay on the board, you know, with a little bit of advice, but to get really good, just like any other sport, like you said, there's definitely a separation there at the pro level from everyone else. But the fact that people can get pretty good at it, I think, makes it really entertaining and engaging. And, uh, and yeah, they just enjoy playing. Like I said, very little risk, plus the portability of our sport, uh, which is unique. You can throw a set of cornhole boards in your car, and you can go to an NFL game. You can go to a college football game. You can go to an NBA game. Pull out the boards and you're, and you're playing. So I like to say that, hey, we're the only professional sport that can be played at other professional sporting events.
1: You you say that you you sent me an official set, which I thank you so much. And we've used those, and I think, but they are pretty big. Yes, they are. (laughs) They're heavy. Yeah, those are heavy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm glad I got a good truck, and I'm glad I'm glad I'm a big guy. But nonetheless, it's a lot of fun. Hey, listen. Speaking of fun, I want to go out and take a quick break. I'll be right back after this message. C Suite Radio. I'm talking with the commissioner and founder of the American Cornhole League. Uh, Stacy Moore. He was with us a year ago. And, you know, this is just a siding sport. They've been just crushing it and crushing it. And when I see businesses that are crushing it and doing really well, I always like to get back and talk with them because we learn so doggone much from it. So, you know, I think another unique thing about the cornhole craze or the popularity of it is the identification of people's own personal brands, right? Because yeah. I, I see them with Green Bay I see them with Vikings, you know, uh, boards. I see different boards that people can personalize with family
2: names and everything else. Do
1: you see a lot of that?
2: Yeah, the custom board business is is huge. Uh, We just did a licensing deal with uh, IMG College. Uh, So we're rolling out official ACL Pro uh, college license boards. So pretty soon you'll be able to get your your favorite college team on an official ACL Pro uh, set, which is really cool. Cornhole bags, same thing. Yeah, people love to personalize our equipment. And I think that's just built a fantastic business for for anyone involved in the equipment side of things. Let's imagine that I was really good at this, which I am not. But let's imagine (laughs) I I was, Stacey. How would I go pro? Yeah, so we have a point season. Like I said, our tagline is anyone can play, anyone can win. So all you have to do is get started playing in a local league, start playing in our point system. And then you can play with us for. One season, you can earn enough points to become a pro the next season.
1: Talk to me about the sponsors. You mentioned that because, you know, hey, without sponsors, even for all business with Jeffrey Mm Hazlett, or C-Suite Radio, you know, we got to have sponsors. That's the mainstay of our business. That's where the cash is. You know, what kind of sponsors are you picking up? And tell me
2: about some of those special ones. Yeah. So Johnsonville has has been, uh, they were an early adopter. They were an early believer. And great, been great with us. by the way, great company, great yeah. company. I know um, the
1: marketing team over there, really good company
2: and good, fantastic product. people. I mean, we we could not have gotten a better sponsor, and that's they certainly contributed uh, a great deal to our ability to grow so fast because they they believed in us, they believed in me, they believed in the sport, and they've just been been great partners. And in fact, we've got them front and center here in our new headquarters where I'm where I'm. Uh, joining you now. We just opened up a 13,500-square-foot headquarters. We've got 13 sets of cornhole boards outside. We've got about 50 people out there playing right now, and a lot of that is because of Johnsonville. We try to surround them with with like-minded sponsors. So Bush's Baked Beans, the Bush's Brothers, uh, have come on board with us, and this is their second year with us here this year. We've got Pit Boss Grills for the second year. We've got Duke Cannon. We've got Mike's Hard Lemonade. We've got Guaranteed Rate. So we've we've been fortunate to to draw in some some pretty good pretty good sponsors, some great brands that are really enjoying this ride with us.
1: Well, you're getting the major ones. We always say this in the in the media business or in um any type of business where you're going after big sponsors.
2: You've named some of the really big ones. Do you have a, a beer sponsor yet? Right now we've got Mike's hard lemonade. We've been talking to beer sponsors every year. That's like the yep. The category and it's like we're just waiting for the right brand to pay the right price to to be our official beer
1: is it good to be in the position that you're at now i mean because early on i gotta imagine somebody just said hey and you said yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> right you know like yeah. hey we'll give you a couple cases and you know like listen we're all we've all been there i mean when right. i landed my first sponsor or two was like yeah what do you got yeah. uh, kind of thing. It, is it, is it, do you feel better now that you're in a position? You could say, no, you got to meet this price. This is where, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a, it's, you know, it's always a tough decision, right? Cause we bootstrap this company. So we need money, we need cash, we need cash to grow. Yep. And so it's always, it's always just a tough decision when they say, well, you want X, but we're willing to give you Y. Are you willing to walk away from that or not? Right. And what I learned pretty early on in the sponsorship game is once you accept, let's say it's a thousand dollars from someone, you're never going to get them up to ten thousand. You might get them from a thousand to two thousand dollars. So you know, just depending on where you want to be, it's a tough decision. Sometimes the beer category has been one of those where we kind of firmly believe in the value that we can provide the right uh, beer brand, and so we just we've been holding out for the right partnership opportunity there on that side.
1: Well, brother, you're doing all the right things. My hat's off to you. Congratulations for just, I, I want to say a home run, but but in the
2: cornhole business, what do you call that? You call it an air mail, a four-bagger. Four-bagger's good. Four-bagger. Four-bagger. Yeah, okay, I'm going to remember that.
1: That's what I'm going to start saying. I'm going to say, hey, from now on, I'm not going to say you hit a home run, you hit a 4 bagger. <laughs> Way four to go. bagger!" <laughs> you. Well, Stacy, thanks so much for joining us right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hiz. It's been a pleasure, my friend. A continued success. We're going to be watching you. Hey, and we're going to be comp- uh, continue to play because every awesome. time I bring out that board, I say, hey, this is official board. This is the, the real stuff, and we have a lot of fun. So I thank you for that. My family thanks you for that. I expect to see a lot of four-baggers when we get together down there in Gainesville. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. Let me tell you what I learned about capturing customer behavior. I've talked about this before on the show. You capture customer behavior. I mean, who would have thought a game could be called Cornhole, right? It just, I almost feel awkward saying it, but yet you have fun with it. It's a fun celebratory game, celebratory name. And, you know, they looked at changing it and said, no way rush back to the roots, stay to the roots, stay to the core of the fans. And if you do that, my friends, you stay to the core of the people you're serving and giving them a great time or solving a problem, you're going to win. And that's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeff Hazel and C-Suite Radio. And please, hey, you're my fan. You're my listener. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I try to give you great content. Hey, do me a favor pass this on, this link. Tell other people to kind of listen in on this show, on this episode, or any of other uh, the episodes that we have. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. This has been Jeff Hazlett, All Business with Jeff Hazlet right here on
0: C-Suite Radio. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of c-suite executives find this and other business podcasts on c-suite this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suite